Well, welcome everybody. I hope you guys are having an amazing day. My name is Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church, and I have the pleasure and the honor to be able to bring you guys the sermon today. And um, so I know last week was Easter. We're gonna be we're gonna be jumping out of Easter and we're still gonna be in Luke today, though. We we moved forward into Luke and now we're gonna be moving backwards a little bit. We we did Palm Sunday and Easter, but now we're gonna move back to where we left off in Luke from just a few weeks ago. But before we get back to that, I want to remind you guys something that I said a few weeks ago, that I am a sucker for good stories. I told you guys that I love books. I love movies that have good stories. But being a gamer, I also love games that have great stories. Obviously, it has to have good gameplay as well. Obviously, I'm not just going to you know just make it into a book if you don't know how to make good gameplay. But... I like good gameplay, but great stories, and it really gives me a purpose to jump into those types of games. When it has a good story, I, I, I want that purpose to work through the story. I want to see the outcome. I want to be able to fix the situation that's at hand. But many of you may know there are games that also have really, really, really bad storylines. And now I know there is going to be a lot of people that are going to dislike me after the two games that I'm about to talk about that have horrible, listen, when I say horrible, maybe people didn't even think about what I'm about to talk about, but horrible storylines. And so may, maybe some of you are too, too young to know what this one is. You probably heard it, but you don't actually know what the game is. Double Dragon. Listen, let, let me tell you something about this storyline, okay? Dude punches a girl in the stomach, throws her over his shoulder, and walks off the screen. That is the entire storyline. Then you have this guy and his brother, and they don't call the cops. They don't, they don't call the police to, to go after this man. No, no, no. They make the logical decision. They decide that they are going to fight through hordes of enemies to the death to save this woman. I don't even know who it is. I don't know if it was a girlfriend. I can't really remember the storyline all that well. But the fact of the matter is they didn't do the logical thing. They did the thing that made it a good game. But really, the story, come on. It really, it really wasn't that good of a storyline. It didn't give me a purpose to want to play through that game. I tried it once, put it down, never played it again because I didn't care. <laughs> I'll be completely I, I did not care. The second game, and I know that this one is going to ruffle some feathers as well. Yes, I said ruffled some feathers. I'm, I'm getting old. Mario. Any Mario, listen, listen, listen. Let me, let me, let me, let me say something. I, I, I enjoy Mario games. I, I really do. But come on. Peach, she gets kidnapped by an evil turtle-like creature in every single game. And then a plumber and his brother, who is also a plumber, go to save. That doesn't even make any sense. It, re it really, and then, and, then, and then over the course of the game, if you have alternate timelines, retellings of stories, Peach has been captured a total of 81 times this is not including comics in the in the books in this in in the tv shows it's just the video games 81 times what kind of a security system does princess peach even have where are the mom and dad who is the king and queen of total and then you got a plumber 
the plumber's brother and a fungus. Okay. Okay. Toad. (laughs) He's a mushroom. And they're going to save the Princess Peach. I don't know what kind of security system she has. And and let's not forget the time that she was trapped in her own ceiling, a magical ceiling that was in her own castle. Horrible storylines. I did not care. Like, I've played through a lot of Mario games, but when I was playing through them, I did not care the reason why I was playing through it. It wasn't for the story. But then there's good games that have a great storyline as well. There are many of them, right? We could talk about Final Fantasy. We could talk about the Halo series. Apparently in the past, they had some good storylines. I never really played Halo, but I've heard that they had great storylines, right? So you have Final Fantasy and Halo and Elder Scrolls, God of War. You have all these games that are really, really good, good storylines. We could go down the list forever, but they give you a purpose to play through the game if that's what you enjoy. And today, what I wanted to ask you guys for a question for you to be able to think about in your lives today is, are you living out your purpose? The purpose that God has called you to in your life, are you living out your purpose? So today, we're going to dive back into Luke, like I said before, and we're going to continue Luke's record of Jesus' life. We left off before Palm Sunday and, and it, with, with Jesus raising the widow's son and how Jesus brings hope, that he brings that assurance into a lifeless situation where there is no hope. We saw the large crowd that Jesus had where they just experienced miracles, and we have the large crowd that the widow has because she has her son who has just died. And the two, the two crowds clash together. Jesus sees the widow. He sees the lifeless situation, the, ho- the, the situation where there is no hope. And then he has his whole entire crowd, this whole crowd next to him, where there is hope, where there is life. And he brings life into a lifeless situation. He raises the widow's son from the dead. But now we're going to go to where John the Baptist, you remember John the Baptist? We talked about him weeks ago when we were going through Luke. He enters into Luke's account of Jesus's life again. And so today we're going to take a look at John the Baptist's purpose and also look into your personal purpose. And so the first thing that I wanted to talk about is John, that he questioned his purpose at one point. John questions his purpose. You see, John had a purpose in life. He was prophesied to be the one who would prepare the way for the Lord. Essentially, he would come on the scene before Jesus, before his ministry starts, and prepare the way for him. He was going to come and preach. He was going to come and baptize John the Baptist, right? And so John starts preaching, and he starts baptizing these people. But remember, this is a different type of baptism than what we have today. This was called the baptism of repentance. People were consciously going to John, consciously making this decision that they were going to turn away from their sins and turn to a life that was righteous. That was what John the Baptist's baptism was. Our baptism today is after we accept Jesus Christ into our life, we have this symbol of being buried, being dead to our sins, being buried with Jesus and being raised to new life through the power of the Father and the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Father and the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus was raised to new life. It symbolizes us being raised to new life with Jesus. It's a, it's a public proclamation that we are unashamed to be followers of Christ. So John goes through this process 
He's thrown into jail eventually after he's preaching and baptizing people for the things that he was saying. But now he starts to question some things. So we're going to land in Luke chapter 7, verses 18, and we're going to start eight, uh, reading through verses 18 through 23, and it says this. Then John's disciples told him about all these things. So John summoned two of his disciples and sent them to the Lord asking, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men reached him, they said, John the Baptist sent us. They sent us, Jesus, to ask you, are you the one to come or should we expect someone else? At that time, Jesus healed many people of diseases, afflictions, and evil spirits, and he granted sight to many blind people. He replied to them, go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those with leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. Let me give you my view of this situation here. John the Baptist, he prepares the way for Jesus to come onto the scene. He believes that Jesus is the Messiah because we see in passages and things that he said in the past that it indicates that he recognized that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. But now he's got some questions. <laughs> now he's got some questions. First, he's in jail. He doesn't hear or see firsthand things that Jesus is doing. He might have gotten word of a few things. He might have heard that, you know, Jesus was making somewhat of a commotion, but overall, he's probably a bit clueless about what's actually going on outside of the jail. Second, we also have to remember something that John, he lived in a time where people believed that the Messiah was going to be something completely different than what Jesus actually came to do. You see, most people during that day and age, they saw the Messiah and they said, he is going to be a political and a military ruler. He's going to overthrow the, Ro the Romans, and he's going to bring the Jews into a time of freedom. So I'm sure that John, that his beliefs were probably influenced at least a little bit by this idea of who Jesus was supposed to be. I don't think that John really had doubts, but like, he's in jail. He's in jail, and this Messiah hasn't gotten him out of jail yet. Like, are you really the one that we've been expecting? Or should we be looking for someone else because I'm still here? This is exactly going according to my plans. So he asks, should we expect someone else? What was my purpose this whole time? But have you ever felt like that in your life? You kind of question what God's intentions are in your life. You kind of question what God purposed you in your life. Things aren't going right. My finances, my marriage, my family, my living situation, my church, my friends, my relationships, my job. It's that you can go on forever. It's just not going the way that you had planned it. So you start to question your purpose. I'll be completely honest that I've been there before multiple times, but the one that I can really, like the one that I really go back to, you see, I was, I was installed as a pastor for God Squad Church back in October of 2016. 
Okay. This is a long time ago. This is about seven years ago. I was installed as a pastor for this church, but at the time I was very much part-time, a part-time pastor and probably at times even less than a part-time pastor. It was like a per diem thing at one point because the reason why was because I was a full-time worker at a factory. Now, the factory was a great job. They took care of their people, but I didn't enjoy my work. It didn't feel like that was what my purpose was. And so for years, I worked at this place that gave me little time to do what my purpose was or what I thought my purpose was to be a pastor for the church. I knew that God had called me to it. I knew that he had called me at a very, very young age, at an age where I didn't even know what a pastor did. I just knew that God was calling me to be to be a pastor. I didn't understand that, you know, all I thought they did was go up and once a week that they spoke for 30 minutes and then that, that was about it. I didn't know that it was a 24 seven job that sometimes you have to do a lot more than that. I had no idea. But the thing is, is at a very young age, I knew that God had called me to something. I knew what my purpose was, but my circumstances just didn't line up the way that I thought they would. Many times I questioned if I heard right from God. I, I questioned, did you actually call me God into ministry? You can ask my wife. There were many, many, many times where I was like, this is it. This is what my life is going to look like. Let me tell you that factory that, that I was looking at or working at, most people, when they started there, they retired there. Most people don't leave that job because it is actually that good of a place to work for. People just don't leave. And so I figured this is it. This is the rest of my life. Did you actually call me to be a pastor, God? Or was that just something that I put in my own head for whatever reason? Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that there are times that we don't hear right from God due to our humanity. I think sometimes we influence what God is telling us because of what we want in our lives. But I'm talking about those people that they know for a fact that God has called them, that they have heard from God what your purpose is. There's no question about it in your life. What do we do when we get to those points? We start questioning. Because circumstances just aren't lining up. Jesus gives John some assurance here about what is going on. Basically, he says that all of these things that he's prophesied about or that he, that he continues to do. He says, go and report to John. You have what you have seen, that the blind receive their sight, that the lame walk, that those with leprosy are cleansed, that the deaf hear, that the dead are raised, and the poor are told the good news. He says, go and tell John these things, that they, these things that were prophesied about me, they're actually happening. He gives John the assurance that the, that the Messiah has come and that he is indeed the Messiah. And sometimes I think that we need that assurance in our lives too. When God has called us to a purpose, we need that assurance. We need to go back in our lives. We need to remember the support that God gave us in our lives. Sometimes we need to go back to the very first time that God called us into something where we were so sure but over the years, some things don't work out. Some things don't line up. Over the years, it just it doesn't make sense anymore. We need to go back and remember how God called us into it, what that felt like, the support that he brought us, the encouragement of people that he brought to our side as we continue to go throughout this process. And I also want to say that he's equipped you for this purpose as well. 
he's equipped you for this purpose. And we're going to talk about how John was equipped. He was equipped for this. So I want to ask here, put a five in chat. If you felt at some point in time that you were not equipped for something, this could be anything at all. It could be job related, right? I'm not equipped for this promotion. It could be family related. I'm not equipped to have children. Listen, I'm not equipped to have children. I know that I have a, I have trouble taking care of my cat sometimes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not equipped to have children getting married. There is not one person who says I'm ready to be married. And if you, if you're saying that, let me tell you, you, I got news for you. you. You ain't ready to get married. Nobody's just ready right out of the boat to get married, okay? Maybe it's what God has called you into. You don't feel like you're equipped for those things. I think we've all been there. You see, I've been leading a small group this past semester, and I'm. if you haven't signed up for an XP group yet, I encourage you to do so. Signups already started. We have uh, over 70 signups already, which is absolutely amazing. I just checked the numbers uh, a short while ago. We already have over 70 signups, so get in there if you haven't yet. But I've been leading a small group, and it has an interest base of Valheim. So what we do is we we go, we talk about whether it's a ser Saturday sermon, we talk about uh, you know a devotion or whatever it is. We talk about different things, we question things, we we just kind of come together and build that relationship with each other. And then afterwards, we play some Valheim with each other. It's 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 a good time, and we're going to continue doing that this semester. But I can't tell you how many times during this semester that we run into an area and none of us are equipped for the boss or the enemies in that area, and we all die except for Pinky, who is at his house. For some reason, he always has 800 boars that he's somehow tamed. And then Vix goes in there, and Vix Sigma, if you guys know him, when he picks up a controller or a mouse and keyboard, he knows how to beat the game immediately. So he goes there and defeats the boss by himself. And all the rest of us, we're dead. We're, our, our stuff is in the middle of the ocean because we got caught out there with something. It, it, it's a mess. We weren't equipped for the situation. <laughs> I'm never equipped for the situation, okay? I think that when God calls us into something, we sometimes feel this way, though. But Jesus says something here about John the Baptist. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, continuing that same story. It says, after John's messengers left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. The people were probably asking him, like, why, why, are, they, why are they coming to you about John the Baptist? And so he says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swaying in the wind? What did you go to see? A man dressed in soft clothes? See, though the, those who are splendidly dressed and live in luxury are in royal palaces. What then did you go see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way before you. John the Baptist, he seems like a very interesting choice for this job. I'll be completely honest. He's a man that nobody really knew. He kind of just came out of the wilderness. He wears some interesting clothes. He's eating locusts and honey. Listen, I've tried locusts before when I was in China, okay? They weren't that bad. They were baked and they were prepared though. So I don't know what John was eating. I know you guys are probably like, oh, that's disgusting. This is literally what John the Baptist was eating. Came out of wilderness, eating locusts, eating honey, wearing some strange clothes, starts preaching. That's literally what he does. 
not the best circumstances, but like I said before, no matter the circumstances, no matter how he looked, no matter what he ate, no matter what, how he spoke, he was equipped by God. He was not shaken, but he was a steady person in his faith. He was not a man pleaser, but he was a man after God's own heart. He was a servant and a prophet of God. He spoke harshly at times, but he spoke truth as well. We can understand that he spoke harshly. The very first sermon that he had, he literally stands in front of the Pharisees and calls them a brood of vipers. Not exactly the way you, could you imagine if we just came on screen today and said, what's up, everybody? You brood of vipers. Welcome to God Squad Church. You guys would be like, oh, we're in for an interesting sermon today. Like that, that's a little bit weird. Okay. John the Baptist, he had some interesting things, not the best circumstances, but he was called by God to do something and he was equipped for it. He may not have looked the part. He didn't have the circumstances that were perfect, but he lived out his purpose anyways. And so my question for you is what's keeping you from living out your purpose today? What's keeping you from living out your purpose? Are you living out your purpose? Some reasons why people may not be living out their purposes are they feel like they're not unique. They don't feel like they have any talents or they have any gifts. They don't feel creative. You don't feel special. You don't feel qualified. You're scared to try something new in your life. Maybe you don't have those per perfect circumstances. But I want to tell you something today that when you don't feel qualified, listen, the world does not have to qualify you, okay? God qualifies you because God says that you are special in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. He says that he has a plan for you for you in Jeremiah 29, 11. God says that you are his friend in Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 20, uh, through 22. God says that he has chosen you for a purpose in 2 Timothy 1, 9. And then finally, he says that he, that you can do what he has called you to do in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. God has called you into a purpose and you are qualified and equipped by him. Not by anybody else, but by him. John didn't know everything. He didn't have a map planned out from the beginning. He didn't have the book called Prepare the Way for the Lord for Dummies book. He didn't have any of that. He just did what God was telling him to do. And sometimes I think that that's what we need to do as well. That when God calls us into something, when God tells us something, that we need to step out and do it. I truly believe this. I teach this in, 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 my leader, in my leadership classes for the XP groups. God works best when you are working outside of your comfort zone. God works his best when, when, when you are working outside of your comfort zone because then you got to start leaning on God. You got to start leaning on the knowledge that he has, the wisdom that he has given you. You start leaning more and more and more on him and not on what you can do, not on your own strength, not on your own talents, but what God has given to you. And I want to give you some encouragement today. So we're going to continue that story and read that last verse, verse 28. And it says this, this is so important. I tell you, among, among those born of women, no one is greater than John. But the least in the kingdom of God 
is greater than he. I never really understood this verse until I really started to look into it. Listen, I probably read this verse a thousand times, but I really started looking into it, and I don't think I fully understood what it meant until recently. You see, there's a couple of comparisons going on here. First, John is being compared to the prophets before him. Why is John greater than the previous prophets? It's not because of anything that he did. It's not because of his talents or the way that he spoke or this or that. It's because he had the privilege not to say that the Messiah is coming, but that the Messiah is here. That the Messiah is here. But then there's a second comparison. And this comparison is, I have it in here to encourage you today. It states that the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. This is stating that not because of your talents, not because of your gifts, not because of the way that you dress or how well you speak or anything that you can do, that it's, that, that, that's the reason why you are greater than John. But because of the power of Christ, the fact that you no longer live under the old covenant, but now you live under the new covenant, that you will do greater things than even John the Baptist did. You see, you got to understand something. John lived in a time before Christ was crucified. He lived in a time before Christ was raised from the dead. So he lived under the law when it was written on stone. You live in a time that is after the death of Jesus Christ, that is after he has been raised from the dead and the law is now written on your heart. It is a completely different thing. You don't have to say that the Messiah is coming or that the Messiah is here. You can say the Messiah has come and he has already saved you. The sins that you have in your life, those things can be saved because Jesus has already died and he has rose from the dead for you. John the Baptist, he he didn't get the chance to say any of that because he died before any of that happened. So it's not because of what you did. It's not because of, like I said, what you can do. But it's because of the fact that we live in a time where the the law is written on our hearts. We live in a time where we can tell people the Messiah has come and he has saved you. It's a greater time. I want to leave you with this verse today. It's John chapter 14, verse 12. And this is Jesus speaking. And this is a this is kind of a big deal, okay? Jesus says, Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. Listen, this does not mean that we're going to do more sensational things than Jesus, okay? But I do believe that it means our sphere of influence, the amount of impact of people that we are going to have, it's going to be larger and larger and larger as we move together as the body of Christ. Each and every one of us, if we are living according to the purpose that God has given us, you are allowing the body of Jesus Christ to be able to continue moving the way that it's supposed to move. If we're all working according to that purpose, I believe that we can make a massive impact and difference in the world. So I want to challenge you today. If you know what your purpose is, if you already know what God has called you to do, step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your comfort zone and make a difference in in this world. Listen, 
two of the four core pillars of our church are discover your purpose and make a difference. When you are living for the purpose that God has given you, you will continue to make a difference in this world. Everyone, I don't care who you are, where you're from, what type of walk you come from. I don't care the things that you've done in the past. Every single person, every single person is unique. And we have all been created for a purpose that God has put on in your life. What is your purpose? Maybe today, maybe some of you don't know what your purpose is. And I encourage you to find it. Spend some time with God. Seek him. Spend, pray, pray every single day. Open up the word of God every single day. It is so important to spend time with God every single day. Talk to a leader. Talk to your XP group leader. Talk to a staff member. Discover what your purpose is. Find what it is and continue to serve him if you don't know what it is. Those of you that do know what your purpose is, but you haven't started doing it yet, really ask yourself this question. Why? If you're qualified by God, if you're equipped by him, why have you not started the purpose that he set your life on yet? What is the reason why? And finally, there may be some of you out there who are listening right now and you don't know who Jesus is. You've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. I want to tell you something. Jesus loves you more than you could ever imagine. He doesn't love me any more than you. He doesn't love Pastor Amanda, who you saw before, more than, more than any of you. He loves each and every one of you with a perfect amount of love, an agape love that is unconditional, that no matter what you've done in your life, no matter what you've said, no matter how many people you hurt, he still loves you just the same. And I want you to know that there is salvation to be found in Jesus. Like I said before, he died on the cross for you. A debt that we were supposed to pay, he died for you. He rose from the dead, showcasing that sin could not hold him down. That death, that the grave would not be able to take, that would be able to hinder him in any way, shape, or form. And he broke through that barrier. And when we accept Jesus Christ into our lives, we have salvation through him. And he said, and, and, and it tells us that we will live in paradise with him for all of eternity. I don't know about you, but to me, that's a big deal because I know I've done some messed up things in my life. I know I, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not any better than anybody else. The only difference is, is I have Jesus living inside of me because I've grasped on the hidden. It's not anything that I've done. I didn't do anything great. It's not that my works are amazing. They're not. It's because of Jesus. That's it. And so if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, I want you to take a minute and I want you, I, I want to challenge you. If you feel that tug in your heart to accept him right now, you could accept him at any point in your life. But listen, I want to tell you right now is the time. He loves you so much. Just reach out to him. 
tell him, commit your life to him. Say that you want him to live inside of your heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, you are perfect. You are a powerful God and you are a good father. And right now, Lord, I pray for all of us here that are listening. We all have a purpose. We're all unique. We all have talents. We all have gifts that you have given us. And I pray that you would help us to step out of our comfort zone and to step into those things so that we can truly make a difference in this world. And Lord, I pray for those people that don't know you today. I pray, God, that right now in this moment that they are making a decision to follow you. It is the greatest decision that anybody could ever make, and I thank you for making a way for us to be able to do that through your son, Jesus Christ. We glorify your name, we bless you, and we thank you, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Guys, if this message encouraged you today, if it spoke to your heart, uh, go ahead and put, I know we did it already, but put a five in the chat. If maybe this is an area that you're struggling with right now, where, you know, you are just struggling to understand your purpose right now. I want you to know you're not alone. You know, even I am struggling a little bit. You know, I feel like I've been talking about it a lot lately, but with my voice situation, I went to college for music and worship. I spent years, I mean years, um, just building my, you know, talent and gifts in music and worship only to get a, you know, incurable vocal disorder. And even today, I'm like, God, I still don't know why. But you know what? I know God is faithful. And if you are struggling today to understand what your purpose is, I feel like sometimes we're so focused on the situations around us and the doing. Like, what am I meant to do? What am I supposed to go out into the world and, you know, whatever. But I feel like the most important thing for us to always focus on first and foremost is focusing on being with God rather than doing for God. Just spend time with him. Focus on him. Take your eyes off of your doubts, your situations, whatever is going on around you. Instead, focus on him and just focus on being in relationship with him and drawing closer to him. And I believe that when we do that, uh, we'll just come to understand what it is that he's trying to do in our lives uh, so much more. And so I encourage you guys with that today. You have a purpose. God has created you for a unique purpose. Man, this topic gets me hyped. I love this topic, man. I, ugh, it is just so good because it is truly remarkable that God has created each and every one of us so uniquely with different talents, gifts, personalities. God created us with all of this uniquely for a very specific reason and purpose that only you can fulfill. And so remember that God has given you a unique purpose. Ooh, ooh, I'm not the preacher today, so we're gonna stop at that. But man, I can encourage you, seek him, continue to seek God. And so if you did just uh, ask Jesus into your life in that moment, I encourage you, go ahead and put 
uh, that's me, or I did it, or you know, I accepted Jesus into my life, go ahead and type that uh, in the chat right now. We just want to celebrate you, um, and so if that was you, um, go ahead and type it. And if you did, if you just rededicated or gave your heart to Jesus for the very first time, I want to encourage you right now to fill out this form, this connect form, and you can fill it out with as much information as you feel comfortable sharing with us. And we just want to connect with you, to walk with you on this journey because, man, what an incredible journey, but you aren't meant to walk it alone. You're meant to walk it with Jesus and you're meant to walk it with the community, the body of believers. And so let's walk this journey journey together. Fill out that form. We'll connect with you. We'll be praying for you and help you to get plugged into God Squad Church in whatever ways that you are hoping to get plugged in. Um, and guys, all of this, all of this is made possible because of your giving and your generosity. And so I want to encourage you today, if maybe you have been here for a while or, you know, if God Squad Church has impacted your life or you know of someone who could uh just be impacted as well. Help us to continue in our mission to reach gamers for Christ by, you know, just surrendering to God and asking him, you know, if there's a way that you can sacrifice your finances. I believe that uh, God challenges each and every one of us to trust him in all ways with all things, including our finances. And I do want to say, if you are new here, we don't want anything from you. We want everything for you. We say that a lot, but it's true. We just want you to come to know Jesus, to have a relationship with him. But I do ask if you have been blessed by this uh, church, this community, we encourage you to give um, and trust God with your finances so that we can continue in this mission to help continue to reach lives and change lives for Jesus. And so there are multiple safe and secure ways for you to give. You can type exclamation point give in chat, which somebody already did. Um, you can go below to the Twitch panel cl uh, and click on that um, to give through PayPal. Um, you can go to our website at godsquadchurch.com slash give and give there. Or if you live in the United States, you can text any amount to the number 84321. And that is a very easy and quick way to set up giving through text. And so, uh, guys, we are so thankful for each and every one of you who support this vision to help us continue to doing those of our way makers who make it possible for us to continue doing what we're doing here on Twitch, on Discord, reaching gamers for Jesus. It takes the body together. All of us have a purpose. Here we go. We're continuing in on this conversation. Each of us have a part, a purpose to play. It, it matters for all of us to come together and to do our part.